Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez, and this will be a solo episode. I'll be discussing my first ever solo trip to Montreal, Canada in 2014 for New Year's. So you're going to hear about this spontaneous trip that I booked three days before I left, um, why this trip even happened, how I got lost, how my phone died on me, me meeting random people, crazy stories, everything in between. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Let's begin. So it was 2014, December, probably like 26th or 27th. And I was just tired of being home um, in New York for New Year's. I mean, every year throughout that time, my younger years and, you know, in my 20s, I would just basically stay home. I wasn't really big into paying $100 to enter a club or anything (laughs) to celebrate uh, New Year's. So I would just, you know, spend time with my family, either go to Long Island or my brother's house. Or I would stay at home with my parents. And, you know, that's always nice to be, you know, your parents and your family, whatever the case may be. But I I was just getting tiring, honestly. And so I felt that I needed to do something different. But I really didn't know what. (laughs) I didn't know what that was, what that that, uh, would entail. And so I was just one day scrolling through Instagram. And I saw a friend of mine, a former colleague, Nicole. She was traveling in Montreal, in Canada. And I sent her a message. I'm like, oh, how was, how was Montreal? She's like, oh, it's amazing. You would love it, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, cool. So I just happened to go on, you know, Google flights to Canada, Montreal for the 30th. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll spend New Year's there. And tickets were like $250 for like three days. So I'm like, that's definitely doable. Um, I'm like, why not? And mind you, this I took a trip in the spring of 2014 with my friends to San Francisco. So that was like my first ever real trip as an adult, you know, without family um, going anywhere. So I was kind of, I didn't have the travel bug, but I, I definitely wanted to do something different uh, for New Year's. So I said, okay, let me go to Montreal. But I never thought about going by myself. That didn't even come across my mind about traveling alone, you know, in 2014. So I said, all right, why not? Let's go. And yeah, since I didn't think about going by myself, I naturally contacted someone, the friend, of, a good friend of mine, who shall remain nameless <laughs> because I don't want to embarrass him based on what I'm going to say. Some of you might judge him. But so I, I contacted him and I said, hey, we want, let's go to Montreal, man. Let's go. And he said, I will never forget this, but I'm glad he said this. I, I really glad, I'm really glad he said this. He said, yeah, I don't know, man. I might have a date. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I was just flo- I was like, wait, wait, I'm like, you're gonna not go on a trip because you might have a date with some girl? I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I was like, no worries, man. No worries. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little offended. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it was at that moment where I told myself, and this forever, I believe forever has changed my trajectory as far as like, when it comes to traveling and just everything and now I'm living abroad is you cannot rely on someone or anyone to do things. 
And that's not like a negative thing. I, I don't view it as like, oh, you know, fuck him. No, it's not even that. It's, that's just the matter. Of the tr- that's just the truth of the matter. You cannot or should not rely on others to do things that you want to do. And the moment I realized that was the moment that I decided um, I'm going to go by myself. I didn't want to go by myself. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was scared shitless. So I didn't say, all right, great. I'll go by myself. No, that wasn't my reaction when he told me that. I was kind of upset. And I was like, wait a minute. So am I not going to go? And I had to have that conversation with myself. I'm like, Angel, so are you not going to go on this trip because someone can't go with you? Are you 12 years old? <laughs> Do you need a guardian to go along? <laughs> so I, I've had to have that um, like internal dialogue, you know, that conversation with myself and for lack of a better term, man up and decide that, no, I can't, re- I can't let others make decisions for me based on what they decide. I need to make my own decision based on what I feel and what I want to do. And so I booked it. I booked the trip. And let me tell you something. The moment I pressed purchase or buy, whatever it was, and it said, oh, confirmed, you're going to Montreal. I just felt shivers go through my spine because <laughs> I was really scared. I was really shitting bricks. I was, I was definitely scared about going on this trip by myself. And I didn't know, I was like, and I did no research, by the way. I just, it was one of those spontaneous things where I got this idea in my head because my friend went, I saw her trip on Instagram, it looked fun. The trip, the the price was uh, reasonable. I'm like, oh, let's do this. I'm leaving New York, you know, I'm getting out of, you know, New York City for New Year's. So everything was positive, but I did zero research. I'm like, okay, I know it's going to be cold. (laughs) And that's all I knew about Montreal. I never went to Canada before. And so at that, at that point... So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to Montreal. And I don't know why. I still didn't do, I really didn't do any research for the trip. I just said, okay, what's the temperature going to be like? Um, I got to pack for three days. And you know what's the first thing I bought? First thing I bought were were long johns. (laughs) That was the first thing I bought. And let me tell you, I don't think I really bought anything else for that trip. (laughs) And thinking about it right now. And now I had three days basically to sit with this decision and think about what I was going to do while I was over there. And, you know, I'm like, oh, they speak French, all this other, all this other stuff. And But again, I was still really scared because I never went any, anywhere by myself. And I, another thing, another hurdle was me telling my parents I was going to go on this trip and lying to them, saying that I wasn't going to go by myself. Because the one thing, one thing that some of you need to understand if you're not from a Latin household like I, and Dominican household like I am is that even though I'm, I was, what, 24 at the time? 25 at the time, actually. It was December. My birthday's in July. So I was 25 at the time, still living at home. My parents were still very overprotective of me. You know, that's just what it is. I am the youngest out of the out of the boys. I had a little sister. But, you know, they were always going to be overprotective and just kind of overbearing on anything that I did in my life if I was still living there, which I was. So I knew I couldn't say that I was going to go by myself. I knew that wasn't going to fly. They were, they were, they were going to like hound me. Not that they would have stopped me, but it would have been really annoying to deal with. So I just lied to them. <laughs> I just said, um, yeah, I'm going with some friends. And they're like, oh, when, when are they going to fly? I'm like, no, I'm going to meet them there. And when I said that, I don't think my dad budged. I, th- I think he was like, okay, kind of weird, but whatever. My mom, though, I think she kind of stared at me for a little bit longer <laughs> and then looked away. So I think a part of her was like, this guy's lying. Or not. I still don't know to this day. But whatever. So I told them that they bought it, I thought. And there I am. Now I'm flying out on the 30th. 
And again, just took a cab. And so I arrived in Montreal, smooth flight, and it was cold. Let me tell you something. So I thought I knew cold living in New York during in the winter, but damn, it was cold in Montreal. And it was snowing when I got there. It was snowing. But again, I was still excited. I was excited. You know, you get you get like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, I exchanged some money for some Canadian dollars. I see the, you know, the queen on, on the currency. So I'm feeling, you know, I feel like a traveler right now. I'm feeling really good about myself. This is my first solo trip ever in my life. So, you know, it was snowing. It was cold. By the way, got to take a step back now. So be, obviously before I got there, I did book reservations to stay somewhere. At this point, I didn't know anything about hostels. Now I do. But at this point, I knew nothing about hostels. So I booked the Airbnb. And the Airbnb was was nice. It looked pretty close to town. You know, it was whatever, a good price. So I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, I'm in contact with the guy for the Airbnb. He tells me the name of the apartment, uh, you know, where it's located, that the key's underneath some rug, you know, whatever. So, you know, I'm on my Google Maps or whatever, and I'm, you know, walking in the snow. By the way, I didn't bring boots which is the dumbest thing I ever did because I was wearing literally like these Nike trainers. And if you guys know about these Nike trainers, they have like little holes in them. So literally snow and slush was seeping through these sneakers. And my socks were getting wet. And I'm like, Andrew, you're the dumbest motherfucker ever for not bringing boots to Montreal in the dead of winter. So I felt really stupid. I'm like, all right, lesson learned. So I'm here going through the streets Hauling my luggage, I didn't bring much, but still my my carry-on stuff. Uh, hauling that through the snowy streets of Montreal um, and trying to find this apartment. I And I finally get there. I'm like, all right, cool. The key is where he said it was going to be, so everything's going smoothly. By the way, let's take a step back before I get there. So as I arrive at the airport, he tells me that he had to move my place because of some booking error. And that the apartment is like two two blocks over. I'm like, all right, no big deal, right? At that moment, I didn't think it was a big deal. I'm like, whatever, two blocks away is not a big deal. He says, it's the same thing. I'm like, all right, cool. So I walk to this apartment, I get there, and I open the door, and I'm like, hello, and there's no one there. And I noticed this, this was like a, a weird, it had like multiple doors and multiple rooms, this apartment. So it was obvious that I guess other people were staying there. But as I'm walking around this apartment, I'm noticing that either people the guy who was owning it just moved in or people just moved out. The shit was, looked vacant. Literally, there was nothing there. And then I go, I'm looking at rooms. I see there's luggage in one room. So I'm like, okay, I guess other people are staying here, right? I guess because I, I just booked a room. So I'm like, all right, people are staying in this room. So this room is taken. So I go to another room and it's empty. And there's only other empty one there. I think it was only two rooms. So I'm like, this must be my room. Mind you, this fucking room was cold as shit. The heat was not on, and I was freezing. That's not even the only thing I noticed. I look at my bed. There are no sheets. He advised me, by the way, to bring linens. And I'm like, why would he tell me to bring linens or bring any kind of sheets? And I think I brought, like, you know, like a little blanket, but I didn't bring, like, a fucking duvet or anything. <laughs> so this thing, was the bed was complete. It was just a mattress. It was just a mattress and a pillow. And this pillow, this will stay my forever in my memory. This pillow had a plastic bag around it. So he must have just bought that pillow. And there was only one pillow. So it was just a mattress and one pillow. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I was so irate. I was so upset. 
And so I text him. I'm like, yo, the he is not. I didn't even tell him about the pillow or the situation. I'm like, yo, the he is not working. He's like, oh, you just got to do this. And I'm like, I'm trying. It's not working. So he's like, I'll, I'll be home. I'm like, when? He, he's like, or he'll be there. I'm like, by, by when? He's like, 8 o'clock. Mind you, it was noon when I got there. I'm like, this is some bullshit. And I just, you know, I, we're texting. So I'm like, what are you going to do, Angel? So now the trip is off to a terrible start. My room is freezing. It looks like nobody's staying there. It looks sketchy as fuck at this point. I already paid the guy. And I'm like, well, am I just going to... I didn't come here to just be in this house or be in this apartment. I came here to travel and to see things. So I just left my luggage there. I'm like, I'm going to go travel. So I just went, Googled things that were nearby to see. And the first thing that was nearby to see was uh, the Basilica of Notre Dame, which is like a miniature version of the, you know, the Notre Dame that's, you know, the famed Notre Dame in France. So they have like their own miniature version in, in Montreal, in Montreal. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go there. So it was walkable. It was like a 20-minute walk. So I'm like, yeah, I'll walk that in my <laughs> trainers with my wet socks. I'm like, all right. So, you know, I'm going there. I'm like, yeah, I guess this is part of, you know, solo traveling. You know, you make mistakes, you fuck up, and you, but you still go along. You can't stop. So, you know, I'm walking and, you know, I'm like, all right, it's pretty easy to get to this basilica. And it was a beautiful church, beautiful church, beautiful uh, facade and, you know, architecture and whatnot. And I go inside the church, very beautiful. They had people like singing there, um, like a choir. And it was just very, very beautiful. And I was so happy to be there. So then I go outside, I'm done seeing it. And I start, I keep taking pictures. And as I'm taking pictures, my phone is like 30%. So my phone is not like anywhere near dying. And my phone just turns off. I'm like, the fuck? So I'm thinking, all right, there must be something wrong with it. So I just click it to turn it on. And it's giving me the battery signal sign. You know the battery signal that it, it doesn't have any battery? So I'm like, how? I literally saw that it was at 30%. So how could it not have battery now within a second? And mind you, I use Google Maps to get here. And now I'm like, what do I do? Because now at this point, it, it, was, it wasn't late. But I'm like, I, gotta, I need my phone. I can't just be walking around with my phone and not, you know, getting back and not know how to get back to the Airbnb. So I'm like, here we go again. And I just started laughing. And this is something I noticed about myself. And this happened during my trip here to Costa Rica when things got, went really bad. When things go bad for me and things are like out of my control, I laugh it off. That's not to say that I'm not upset because I was upset. But that's my coping me- mechanism is to laugh. So I was like, all right, I guess this is another, you know, ha, 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 ha. This is another hilarious thing that's happening to me in a span of two hours of arriving in Montreal. So I'm like, all right, I have a general idea where this apart- Airbnb was. So I think I'll be in the general vicinity. And I'll just, you know, ask people for help, you know. And in Montreal, as most of you probably know, is a French-speaking city. You know, people know English there as well. So the, place, the street that I was saying, I was called uh, Saint-Dominique. And in French, street is Rue. So, I, you know, I was just telling people, I was, you know, walking general direction. And then once I, I'm like, all right, I don't know where I'm at. I would ask people, oh, uh, Rue Dominique, uh, you know, where is it? And like, they, sometimes they would respond to me just in French with some broken English, sometimes in English. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm walking and I'm walking in circles now. Now I have, I've lost all my sense of direction. And not that I had a good sense of direction to begin with, but I lost all my sense of direction. And I'm like, this does not look anywhere like where I was. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So finally, I asked this old man that was walking. I'm like, and he knew no English. So I'm just like, uh, Rue Dominica, Dove. I'm like using Italian, Spanish. I'm using any romance language that I know. 
to try to get this guy to understand what I'm saying. And he understood what I was saying. He's like, oh, Rue uh, Dominique, he just made sounds because I guess he knew I didn't know French. And he just waved his arms to like forward and then left direction. I'm like, got you. Merci. And then I find the place. Luckily, I find this fucking place. So I get back to the apartment. I charge my phone and the phone turns on. So I'm like, and it says 30%. So I'm like, what is happening? So I'm like, I have, now I have no idea what's happening with my phone. And I can't just be somewhere I've never been before, solo traveling, and not have my phone with me to help me. So now I got to figure out what's wrong with my phone. So guess what I had to do? I had to go to the Apple store. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, I have no choice but to go to the damn Apple store here in Montreal to get figure out what the fuck is going on my phone. So it doesn't happen again during my travels. So now this time I take an Uber because it, re- it was really cold. So I go to the Apple store in Montreal. This is all on the first day. Right, so it goes to show you, like, if you solo travel for the first time ever, if you haven't done it, you're probably gonna go through some stuff that might, you know, or maybe not, and you can learn from my experience. But anyways, so I go to the Apple Store, you know, the guys are very nice, and he tells me, "Oh, this usually happens when it's cold." I'm like, "Okay, cool, whatever." I'm like, "What could I do?" He's like, "Do this, blah blah blah." He's like, "Yeah, it's really cold today." He said, "It's he's like it's negative three. and I'm like, "Negative three? And my I didn't say anything in my head. I'm like, "It's cold, but it's not fucking negative three degrees right now." So then I'm like, oh, I'm like, sorry, I'm, do you say negative three? And he laughs. He looks at me, gives me like a smirk. He's like, Celsius. I'm like, ah, 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 got it. Not Fahrenheit. Sorry. You know, metric system and all that. So uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. And so I figure out how to keep my phone from dying. So now I take Uber back to the, to the fucking Airbnb. And now I'm like, I can't stay here. Like, I'm like, I'm not staying in this damn Airbnb. So what do I do? I start calling hotels. On December 30th, to try to see if they if they have uh, not only room, but, you know, that the prices are not a freaking $1,000, right? So I'm calling hotels. Some hotels are like, oh, yeah, 300 of the night. I'm like, no, thanks. Hang up. And finally, I get a hotel that's like, I think it tell me like $100, something like that. I'm like, perfect. Done. So what do I do? I tell the guy, listen, I'm not staying here. I text him. I'm like, listen, this is terrible. Um, I want my money back. And yeah, like this was a horrible experience. Never staying here again. And he was really apologetic. He gave me he he refunded my money, which was nice. But now, now I'm in a hotel that has heat, a nice bed that has sheets and linen, and and uh, you know a nice bathroom. So I'm like, this is great. And it was right in the middle of everything. So now it's nighttime, and I'm like, all right, I'm hungry. I gotta eat something. So I go to the local pub, and I get some poutine. So for those that don't know what poutine is. It's basically French fries and gravy, like washed with gravy, like it has gravy over the top of these French fries, and I think cheese. So I tasted this because it's apparently a very uh, traditional French. I think French. I don't know if it's French, but or French Canadian dish, sort of like something to snack on, and it was disgusting. <laughs> I did not even finish a third of that. I, it was so nasty. Whose idea was to put fucking gravy on french fries? I have no idea, but it was disgusting. And I'm like, and I was trying to wash it down with this, like, apparently this beer that was, you know, from this pub. And the beer was nasty, too. So I'm like, this is nasty as fuck. I was not say this, but, you know, I ordered, you know, American stuff. I'm like, let me get some chicken fingers. So, you know, so, <laughs> so the poutine was nasty. I'm like, all right, time to go to bed. Time to go back to my room. I'm like, tomorrow's a new day. I'll figure out what to do tomorrow. All right. So now December 31st comes, right? This is New Year's Eve. So obviously it's New Year's Eve, but it's the daytime. So I'm like, all right, 
I'll go to this botanical garden. So before I go, actually, before I go to the botanical garden, I go to this park called Parc du Mont Royal. Very beautiful park. It was dead of winter, but it was very beautiful, very white, very scenic. It was just nice. It was a nice park to like walk around. And stuff. So I did that, took some selfies, took some pictures, blah, 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 blah. Then I go to botanical garden. This botanical garden was pretty empty, mind you, because, um, you know, it was, uh, it was freezing. <laughs> it was still cold. But, you know, it was very beautiful, though. It was still very beautiful. You could see, like, some flora and some fauna, like, you know, because they had, like, you know, enclosures or whatnot and all this other stuff. So a weird thing happened to me while I went to the botanical garden. So you know how sometimes when you're doing things in life that you, you kind of get references from, like, movies? Or, like, you've, like I've seen this in, in a movie before. So as I'm walking through this botanical garden, I'm walking, I'm walking through this area where there's, like, no one. But all of a sudden, I see this old lady feeding birds. Like, just throwing, like, seeds on the floor and then birds are just flocking towards her. And I immediately thought of that scene <laughs> from Home Alone 2, uh, Lost in New York, where he, uh, where Macaulay Culkin is seeing the, that pigeon lady. And she turns around and he, like, ah! he, like, runs away scared. So I was, like, I'm, like, oh, my God, this is, like, out of this movie. Like, I'm just hearing this, just, this old lady's here feeding, feeding birds. So, but what did I do? I saw these nice birds, like, coming to her. And I'm, like, oh, this is nice. So I go next to her and I'm, like... Can I have some? And she was smiling and she gave me some seeds. So I'm like, why not? Let me feed some damn birds too. So, you know, I go to my own little area, not to be right, like right next to this lady. So I go to my own little area and I just like, you know, start throwing seeds on the floor. <laughs> and then I had like some seeds on my hand. You know, I had some gloves on because I wanted one of these little cute little birds to land on my hand. So I'm doing that for like a good 10 minutes. Yo, it was cold as shit. Even though I had gloves, it was still cold. So obviously I keep mentioning this. Montreal is very cold in the, in December. Um, so I, I was just freezing or holding the, I'm like, please, some bird come here. Now, not only because I wanted the bird to, to get on my hand, but I also wanted to capture it on my phone. So mind you, I have one hand with seeds and then the other hand on my phone. I don't like shivering <laughs> like a fucking idiot. Wait for this damn bird to come. And then that, and then a bird finally came to my hand. Like it didn't eat anything off my hand, but it, it like was on my fingertips. For like five seconds. And that moment reminded me of another movie. So have you ever seen Beauty and the Beast? I think is in the first one, I think, is where, or the second one, I don't remember. But where uh, the beast is trying to feed these birds, but they're terrified of him because he's a fucking beast. So I kind of felt that way. But then the birds finally come to him because he's being all nice. So I felt like the beast in Beauty and the Beast where he gets like birds like come and like, you know, fucking feed from his hand. So it was just a really funny moment that happened in the span of like 15 minutes where two movies just like went into my mind of two things that was happening to me in real life. But anyways, so yeah, so that was cool, whatever. Then I leave there and then another cool moment happened to me. And this is why I love solo traveling. And I think this only happened to me and sometimes things, I don't like to say things are meant to happen, but in this moment, it felt like I was meant to be there in Montreal and I was meant to take the trip. So as I'm, I'm walking through this neighborhood in Montreal and just happenstance, I'm walking through his neighborhood and I see these paintings on the side of these houses. And I'm like, this is cool and interesting. And I noticed that it was like the four seasons. That it was literally like one house had spring, you know, another summer and fall and winter. And I'm like, this is so cool. And then it, and then it hit me. I'm like, oh shit. Obviously, I'm, I'm teaching music at this point in my old job. It was my first year there. And it, and it hit me that I was teaching my students about the Four Seasons, which is a classical piece written by Antonio Vivaldi. So some of you probably know that very famous piece. So 
I was teaching them that, that year. And here I am witnessing the four seasons painted on these houses. So it was like a really cool moment. I was like, wow, like this is so cool. Like it probably made no sense to anybody else, right? But in my head, it made sense that I was witnessing this, this four seasons depicted on these houses at the same time that I was teaching the four seasons, the classical piece by Vivaldi to my students back in Brooklyn, New York. And that was just like a really cool moment to me. And it, it just ran, I took pictures of it and it was just really dope. And I was just so happy. I was so happy to be in Montreal, to be witnessing the stuff that I was witnessing and these little moments that felt really cool and really personal, you know, and per, uh, to me, really personal to me. So yeah, so that was just really cool. So then I go, I, I go back, um, I go back to the hotel. I'm like, all right, now it's, you know, it's New Year's Eve. What am I going to do? What do people do here in Montreal for New Year's? So there's fireworks by this place called the Old Port. And if you haven't noticed, I'm also like kind of like, you know, telling you things about things to do in Montreal because it is a beautiful city. So this is the old port is where they have their fireworks. Uh, you know, it's just a literal a port and this area called the old port in Montreal. And they have fireworks by this like governor's building or whatever the fuck. I don't remember. But um, anyway, so I go there like for the pre fireworks. So I, I arrive like at maybe 10 o'clock. They have like live music. But mind you, I'm alone. Right. And what's one thing you don't do on New Year's Eve? You're not alone. <laughs> You're either with friends or family. So that's the other part of this whole trip that kind of was was crazy. It was hard for me. It was the fact that not that not that I was only alone, but I was alone on New Year's Eve. You know, like that made it that made it uh, more hard for me, and I felt more awkward and more lonely. The fact that I was alone, I'm like, Angel, why are you not home? So there were a lot of moments of doubt, lots of moments where I doubted myself. I'm like, Why am I here? Why am I doing this? I could have just been home chilling. In some heated, you know, heated home in New York. And here I am tra- traveling in a, in a colder part of the world, um, more north. And, you know, I'm by myself and nobody knows me. But again, those are the, the little battles that I think people need to have with themselves in order to overcome shit. So anyway, so I'm here at this con- like live music concert kind of thing out- outside. And so I'm like, I'm in a bubble because I'm like by myself. And I look around and it looks like nobody's by themselves. So I'm like, oh my God, this is kind of, I felt like I fucking, I'm like, I'm such a loser. I'm here with myself at a damn concert. What am I doing? But then like, I see these three girls and this is not like a, oh, they were like super hot. It wasn't even that. It was just like, I need, I want to talk to somebody. I'm like, I got to talk. I got to, I got to strike up a conversation. So, you know, I see these, these friendly faces and I'm like, hey, I'm like, where are you guys from? First thing that comes out of my mouth. Whether that was received well or not, I have no idea. But they responded. They were like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh, nice. I'm from New York. And they're like, the first thing they asked me is like, why are you here? <laughs> I guess people that are not from New York, they're like, why would you not be in New York for New Year's? Obviously, right? So they're like, why are you here? I'm like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And that was it. It's like a 30-second conversation. And they kind of like just went back to their friend group. And I was there again by myself. Feeling very, very loserish. I'm not going to lie to you. This is a very tough moment for me to kind of be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And so I'm just standing there, you know, watching this concert that was kind of shitty. Like, it wasn't great. Like, the music wasn't really good. It wasn't my style. Um, but, you know, I was there. And then the fireworks happened. So then finally 12 o'clock comes. The fireworks were really, were really beautiful, you know, overseeing this um, this uh, snow-covered landscape. So you see, like, the reflections of the fireworks in the snow, which is really dope. And then obviously, what do you see? You see people kissing. Right, obviously the New Year's the the famed New Year's kiss, and am I did I kiss anyone on that New Year's? I did not. 
But, you know, again, another moment to feel kind of more lonely in the world. <laughs> I didn't have that famed New Year's kiss. And so, you know, I'm here by myself. I'm like, all right. So New Year's. By the way, my flight was the next day. And it was in the morning. So I'm like, all right. I saw New Year's. I guess I can go back to my hotel. Call this trip. You know, call it a day, this trip. Nice little weekend. I did it and go home. But a part of me was like, Angel, you can't just go back to the hotel, man. You're 25 years old. You're in Montreal. You're by yourself and it just hit midnight. No one's going to sleep right now. So I had to force myself to literally go into a bar. And it, it took me a couple a couple of times to, to find a bar that was nice. So I go to this first bar. And the guy lets me in, you know. No problem. Looks like a lounge kind of thing. So he, he, I go into the lounge. And it's a cool place. But it's empty as fuck. There was nobody there. So I'm like, yo, this place kind of this is whack. There's like barely anybody on the dance floor. The music is like this techno bullshit. And I'm like, all right. So I'm kind of I'm like, let me go get a drink. So I get a drink, you know. Uh, and um, whatever. I get a drink. And then I, I do notice these two um attractive women so i just walk up right i walk right up to them and you know i'm talking to them and they're both from atlanta georgia they were both latinas which was nice so it was like we had that little thing in common and we're talking but again i kind of sensed that one of them was uh attracted to me and her friend was just kind of there but i felt kind of like okay how do i play this angel all right this i'll i'll disclose this this much about like my dating at that time so I'm like, how do I play as Angel? Do I just spend the whole night with these two women? Because that's what I would have to do. Her friend is not going to leave her friend alone with this stranger, right? Or do I'm like, all right, call it a day and go meet other women. So what do I do? I say, all right, nice to meet you. And I keep it moving. <laughs> I was not going to spend, you know, the whole time with them. They were cool. Like I spent, you know, like 15 minutes with them dancing or whatever talking. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep it moving. It was nice meeting them, blah, 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 blah. Left. Now I see this other girl woman this white girl and i approach her and we're talking and she was i could tell she was feeling me and we're having a nice conversation you know i'm just you know at this point i'm just trying to have a nice conversation you know i'm i'm single 25 years old you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna talk to women that's what, that's what i'm gonna do at this point right and it's midnight is you know it's new year's new year's what else i'm gonna do right so i'm talking to her we're having a great conversation and all of a sudden this drunk girl comes flying into our conversation and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, hi. She's like, hi. I'm like, hi. And she's like, oh, this is my sister. I'm like, oh, goodness me. Just my luck. So, of course, she's there with her sister, and her sister is drunk. So, what does a good sister do? She's going to babysit her sister. So, her sister goes to dance. So, then, you know, I'm still having this conversation with this lovely young girl. And, but then she's like, oh, sorry. I got to go. My sister wants me. I'm like, no biggie. So, then... You know, I'm like, whatever, I go get another drink. I'm still talking, whatever, to people. And people, I'm noticing something. People in this club are, have, have wristbands on. So I'm like, I didn't get no wristband. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, is this, is this like special VIP privilege? I'm like, why well, I didn't get a wristband? So they asked me, these both both women that I met, the girls from Georgia and, and these uh, two white girls, they both asked me, like, why you don't have a wristband? I'm like, was I supposed to get one? They're like, yeah, we paid $50 to get in here. I'm like, what? I was so glad when they told me that because I would I would have been mad if I paid fifty dollars to get into this whack ass club. So I'm like, ooh, that was I, I lucked out with that one. So I leave the club. The bouncer sees I don't have one. I'm like, hey, nobody gave me one. 
So he's like, all right, get out of here. So I'm like, all right, no problem. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not coming back here anyways. So I'm like, all right, do I go home now? Do I now call it a night? You know, I danced a little bit, had nice conversations. Or do I go home? I'm like, nah, don't do that. Don't go home yet. So I go into another bar. And now this bar was, it was popping. This bar, there was, it was packed. It was like a, it was like a sardines in in the in this uh pack of sardines in in this uh bar. It was really packed, and you couldn't really move. And it was wasn't a big bar either. Like the moment three people moved, the entire body of you know the entire uh bar of people had to move as well. It was that packed. So again, I make my way to the bar, get a drink, and then again I see these women and you know a group of people, and I have a conversation with them. And again, just a friendly conversation because I, I my thing was I'm like I got to get out of this out of my comfort zone. I got to talk to people that I don't know. I'm by myself. What am I going to do? Nobody's going to come talk to me randomly. I got to talk to these people. So we have a nice conversation, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It was lighthearted. I found that some of them were couch surfing. I'm like, that's nuts. You know, some of them were traveling from Austria, whatever the case may be. They asked me, why am I in Montreal when I'm from New York City, blah, 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 whatever. So then in this conversation and in like, you know, me having a decent time at the club, at the bar, I noticed this young woman kind of across from the bar, like eyeing me. She was she was attractive, and like I'm like, all right, I I could tell she's kind of into me, so I kind of make my way over to her. I I don't even think I got her name. I just said, hey, I'm Angel, whatever, and we're having a great conversation. And as we're talking, she's like, I think she she said she was French and Asian, whatever, and you know that she's living in Montreal. So we're having this nice conversation. I tell I'm from New York, and she was like, we're in New York. I'm like, well, Brooklyn. And she's like, where in Brooklyn? I'm, usually when I say Brooklyn, people don't ask where in Brooklyn. They just say, oh, okay, cool. So I'm like, she wants a lot of information right now. So I'm like, well, I live like near East New York, but now I, I like work near Bed-Stuy. She's like, I used to live in Bed-Stuy. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah. I'm like, really? She's like, I thought, I thought she was just fucking with me. So she's like, yeah, I used to, I used to take the train off of Utica Avenue. When she said that, I was floored. I'm like, wait a minute. I take the train, the A train, and that's where I get off to go to work. So this girl literally was living in Brooklyn off the same train stop that I was. And here I am having this conversation with a stranger that lives in Montreal, and I'm solo traveling Montreal, and I meet someone that was that lived in Brooklyn for some time. That blew my mind. That really blew my fucking mind. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is nuts. Anyways... Said bye to her, nice conversation. And that was it. Then at that point, I finally made my way back to the hotel. And I was like, wow, this ship was really dope, you know? Um, and yeah, like, and then the next day, I, I wake up in the morning. Um, I, uh, you know, I fly back to New York. And I was so happy that I did the, that I took the trip. As And as you heard, it was very eventful. But I was really happy about that. You know, I, I think I learned... I learned at that moment, like I said earlier in the episode, that you cannot rely on people when you want to do things. Is something you want to do, you got to do it. I mean, but especially, I mean, obviously, I'm talking from a very, you know, selfish standpoint. Like, you know, I was 25. I was single, you know, 25 single, no kids living at home. So in, in those moments where you where you have all the, basically, the, the, the world is your oyster, right? You got to make decisions for yourself in those moments. And you cannot rely on others to decide the things that you want to do. So so next time you're thinking about doing a trip and, you know, someone says they can't go, don't be mad. 
but don't let that determine that that don't let that decide whether you go or not. That you can't let happen. You gotta decide whether you want to go or not. All right, do I want to go or do I want when I want to go? And there's, nothing, and there's nothing wrong with not going, but don't say you're not gonna go because someone else is not going. Because now you have no power, no authority over your own life. In that moment, right? In that moment, you're giving the authority to someone else about decisions that you want to make and things you want to do. And that's something that I had to learn in life, you know, because there's been times where I've been peer pressured by whether it's family, friends, to do things or not do things that I might have not wanted to do. But guess what? I had to go to the beat of my own drum and I had to make decisions. Case in point, living abroad. There were some people that were not happy that I was moving abroad. They thought I was crazy. Whether they were happy for me is different is, is a different point, right? I think people, most people were happy for me, but they thought I was crazy for doing it. I was taking less money, leaving a job, a stable job, and they, like people that I care about, people who, whose opinion I value, questioned me. But I had to stay strong in my decision. I can let somebody else's opinion dictate what I was going to do with my life. And I say all that to point to the story of my first trip in Montreal to say that this was the pivotal moment in my life where I, where I decided, Angel, if you want to do something, it needs to be your decision and not someone else's. I hope you enjoyed that episode, uh, hearing my little adventure in Montreal. Montreal 2014. <laughs> it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. A really uh, memorable uh, solo trip. And first solo trip, right? The first is always going to be very memorable. But yeah. And also, full disclosure, uh, there were a lot of details that I left out for the sake of my own privacy. Um, so you guys know probably like 90% of the story. So there's definitely 10% of it that, that I left out. Uh, but yeah, but you got you got the gist of it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, hope you enjoy that. And as always, if you like what you heard, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is Elevin Color Abroad. Peace.